the April-May-June edition of Hinduism's flagship spiritual magazine, Hinduism Today, is on the shelves of major bookstores now and also online. This video gives a quick overview of its creative contents, focusing primarily on three subjects, yoga, a Hindu history for children, and Hindu festivals. When our publisher, Satguru Bodhinatha Valen Swami, was in Australia in December of 2009, along with a galaxy of Swamis from all over the world, some exciting things took place. This world's largest interfaith gathering was including global climate change in their conversations, but one religion, ours, didn't have a shared statement about this critical subject. So the Hinduism Today editors were asked to create one, and we did, and our editor-in-chief read it aloud to the Hindu community in Melbourne. Another discussion centered around yoga and whether it is a strictly Hindu practice or something more universal, Bodhinatha spoke about his views for our cameras. One of the events we were privileged to participate in at the Parliament of the World's Religions in Melbourne was an interreligious panel entitled Practicing Yoga, Covert Conversion to Hinduism or the Key to Mind-Body Wellness for All. At this largest ever interfaith gathering, many panels, including this one, focused on the interface of cultures and religions. With yoga becoming so popular in the world, it was a natural candidate for reflection, and the results were, as you will see, fascinating. Yoga is practiced on a large scale in Hindu communities around the globe. The fact that yoga is also pursued by many non-Hindus does not negate it as a Hindu practice. Let's draw a parallel to Vipassana, the popular Buddhist meditative system. The practice of Vipassana by those who are not Buddhists does not lessen the fact that Vipassana is a Buddhist practice, not merely a practice that has its origins in Buddhism. However, it is equally true that leaders of some religions have spoken out strongly against the practice of yoga by their followers. For example, the Vatican has issued a number of warnings to Catholics about yoga over the years. In 1989, it warned that practices like Zen and yoga can degenerate into a cult of the body that debases Christian prayer. Further, the church leaders cautioned, the love of God, the sole object of Christian contemplation, is a reality which cannot be mastered by any method or technique. In 2008, the leading Islamic council in Malaysia issued an edict prohibiting the country's Muslims from indulging in the practice of yoga, fearing its Hindu roots could corrupt them. The council's chairman, Abdul Shukar Husim, explained the decision. We are of the view that yoga, which originates in Hinduism, combines a physical exercise religious elements, chanting and worshiping for the purpose of achieving inner peace and ultimately to be at one with God. For us, yoga destroys a Muslim's faith. It may not be an advisable practice for followers of religions in which unity of mysticism is unacceptable, as stated by the religious leaders of such faiths. Those who are affiliated with liberal religions and those with no formal religious ties can definitely benefit from the practice of yoga, physically, 
emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. However, a caution to all who follow the path of yoga. Be prepared to become gradually more and more aware of the unity of all that exists. In 2007, we all grew weary of complaining about media coverage of Hinduism in the U.S. and created something called the Media Festival Initiative. Based on posters you've seen often in U.S. newspapers, full-page, graphically rich, informative articles explaining Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, or Kwanzaa. We took that idea and created posters for 15 major holy days in a 32-page feature called Festivals. It's a marvelous romp through the year, stopping every month or so to tell about our celebrations. Festivals are a kind of glue for Hindu culture, touching our lives, connecting families and neighbors, bringing together entire cities. Saumya Sita Raman, the author of Random Houses Following the Hindu Moon, helped Hinduism Today's editorial staff by contributing fascinating details, typical holiday recipes, and her mother's marvelous photography. Every religion has its festivals and holy days, which strengthen faith, bring communities and families together, and focus on the spiritual dimensions of life. In fact, festivals are one important way that faiths themselves interact and learn about one another. And we believe that America can discover Hinduism by learning more about our festivals. Besides giving the basics, our editors added a section called Tidbits to explore the many questions that people naturally ask. And each festival includes a fact and fiction piece which deals with misconceptions and myths about Hinduism. Then it moves on to something everyone understands, food, offering a traditional recipe. It's a magical resource you can share with co-workers, friends, and family. It's online and it's free. Just go to our webpage and search Hindu festivals. Indian history in Western textbooks for children is appallingly inaccurate and skewed toward the strange. This issue continues our effort to rectify that and to give well-researched lessons that tell the true story of India's place in the world down through the centuries. The 16-page history lesson in this issue is the fourth in our series aimed at sixth graders and it covers the period from 1850 to 1947 when India was colonized by the British. Here we present the facts about the British occupancy, which you don't find in the regular textbooks in America, about the economic exploitation and sometimes the ruthless repressions that took place. You may have read other histories of this period, but get ready to discover lots of new insights into those difficult days before independence. Children learn about the colonial intrigues and attitudes, but they are also exposed to the high-minded ideals of Swami Vivekananda, whose 1893 speeches in Chicago rang around the world and introduced America for the first time to the lofty, tolerant, and theologically sophisticated Hindu faith. The lesson examines Mahatma Gandhi's Satyagraha movement, which not only led to India's independence in 1947, but inspired others to adopt nonviolent means for social change. 
The Indian vegetarian diet is studied as kids learn that globally those who eat with knives and forks are outnumbered more than two to one by those who eat with fingers and chopsticks. Hinduism was able to survive those centuries of foreign rule because of the power of its philosophy and culture. The rites of passage and religious initiations were two key cultural life rafts. The lesson's wide range is seen on this spread, which shows how to wrap a sari, and then discusses the life and vows of the Swami or sannyasins who are Hinduism's spiritual leaders. In this issue, physician Asim Shukla analyzes President Obama's inaugural address. And at the Parliament of World Religion, Hindu leaders spoke out on world problems and offered dharmic solutions. Digital Dharma focuses on the popular trend of streaming temple pujas to the web. And you'll enjoy Brazil's runaway TV series, Ways to India. We end this video summary with a little bit of heavenly humor and with an invitation to you to visit us on the web and explore deeper the unexpurgated richness of our April-May-June issue. Aloha and Namaste.